Welcome to the Religion Podcast, where a reverend and a rabbi talk real about religion. So who, who are you, Rabbi Lender? Well, I'm, uh, I'm a rabbi. Uh, you're, you're a pastor. Um, one of the things that draws me into Judaism as a rabbi uh, is the importance of making the religion relevant. So, you know, Judaism is this 4,000-year-old religion, and we have 613 rules of the Torah, and then we have all these texts and all these debates about the text. And, you know, to, for, to one extent, and certainly for me, it is an incredibly engaging intellectual exercise. Um, but that's not what religion is. Religion is about how we live our lives. And one of the things that I find the most interesting about Judaism is taking something that might not seem relevant and figuring out a way or discussing with someone else how that is relevant to something that's going on in their lives or to society at large. And I, I think one of the reasons we're doing this is that both of us, I think, live through faith in, in the modern world. Um, we both are also good friends. We, we share some hobbies together. We've been known to play video games together and, and uh, go for a drink and things like that. And, and so the, the amalgamation of all of those things with religion, I, I think, is not only interesting but important. And it's important to share, especially during times of divisiveness that we, we I think, can show um, people that you can have different beliefs. And granted, both of us are straight white men. And so, you know, we both have a privilege there and the similarity there. But I do think that both of us try to act out the ideals of diversity and uh, divinity being found in each person. And so all, all of those things, I think, are certainly why I'm doing it. Yay. <laughs> that sounds like you. Yeah. That, that, yeah does you know, it? All right. Yeah. I'll, I'll take it. And, and what about you, Reverend Tolbert? Well, I'm doing this because amongst my Christian clergy buddies in when I lived in Athens, Georgia, I struggled to find Christian clergy that I felt spoke about Jesus in a big, wide, beautiful, gracious way. Uh, too many of my Christian clergy brothers, <laughs> if they're sisters, they were always cool. But it, too many of my <laughs> Christian clergy brothers were really tough nuts about what it means to be right with God. And they were um, pharisaical and judgmental of too many people around them. And it's not the Jesus that I find to be worthy of worship. Uh, and, and when I hang out with uh, some of my Christian brothers and all of my Christian sisters and folks like you, the rabbi, I sense a, uh, a deeper camaraderie, a, a spirit that is more true to the Messiah than I did in many of the cultural American Christians who practice religion in a way that doesn't look at all like Jesus to me. So one of the, one of the reasons I love the name of this podcast that we've come up with is, is how to take the religions, plural, that everybody does and make them real and relevant, as you were calling out. And for me, that that has to do with what does it look like to really try to follow this ancient Palestinian Jew who did 
you know, lived so differently and built a community that was so different. Um, if, and I feel like if we as you and me as friends and brothers and, and buddies could craft a community that looks more and more like God's kingdom, the one that, that you trust in, the one that I trust in, wow, right? Everything about Athens and Georgia and Maryland and the United States and the world would be a better place. I, I wish that kingdom was real and true and, and alive already. Remember to silence cell phone when in the oh. middle of a podcast episode. Okay. Yeah. And I'm, I'm glad that you talked about the real part of this, because I think one of the things that you and I have always found an interesting topic is, I think, the gap that we see between how one professes their beliefs and how one lives their beliefs. And there's sometimes a hypocrisy there. There's often a gap there. Um, and present company totally included. Um, mm-hmm. but, I, but I think we're trying to bridge that and kind of bring some, intel- not only some intellectual honesty to that, but, but challenging people. You know, mm-hmm. I, I know, because I've heard you preach, you've preached it at my synagogue many times, talking about how, you know, it's one thing to believe in Jesus, but Jesus wouldn't want you to do some of the things that you might be doing. And, and, uh, and similarly, I, I think that framework exists uh, in Judaism to a certain extent also. Not about Jesus, of course, but... Well, and for, for the way we use scripture, right? It's not, it's not that scripture is in itself the holiness. It is the reminder of what it looks like when we are the holiness, right? It is the guide and the teacher and the ruler and the the compass. And it points us toward the pathway where when we walk that path, we embody God's presence um, for ourselves and we find wholeness in ourselves. We embody it in our families and our communities, our congregations, and we even embody it for the world. But that what's weird for me is how so much of religion is about lifting up the holy belief in someone else or the holy belief in something else, as opposed to the embodiment of the holiness that we are trying to worship um, or the embodiment of the holiness of scripture that we are trying to learn from and, and become. Um, there's a weird way that Christians sometimes talk about it is that the word became flesh. Um, and, and what that really means is that somehow God's desire is for all these things that we believe or talk about, that they become real actions, disciplines, practices, the way we do relationship and community with one another. It has to be an embodied thing. Otherwise, the belief is hollow and it means nothing. And um, I know you know this, of course, but... Uh... In Judaism, and you know, in in the beginning of Genesis, God creates the world through word, and for Jews, that's super important because words are powerful and they connect us to our bodies and our actions. They have to. Um, I also want to say too, um, as almost a, a disclaimer, that I I and I think you'd agree with this. We haven't talked about this specifically. Is this show, this podcast, is not only for Jews and Christians. This is for Muslims and atheists and Buddhists and Hindus. I mean, this is about anyone who I think is interested in religion, takes religion seriously, especially regarding the 
the confluence of religion with modern day stuff? And how do we do that? Nice. Yeah. And for me, it's allowing every voice to hold all the religions accountable, right? So it's, it, it, I don't think you and I are here to push our versions. Oh, we, God, we are here to hold all religions as best we can accountable to the ideals that we supposedly lift up in our practices and in the way we do community and conversations and, and relationships. If, if we actually look like the things that we say we believe and preach, wow, the world religion would be a good thing. But so often religion becomes a dangerous, bad thing and does the exact opposite. It tears down a community. It, it breaks relationships instead of building. And it, uh, it severs long-term community instead of healing and bringing wholeness. And at the same time, too, I think that we should mention that you know you and I served to create uh, an interfaith community in Athens. And one of the things that um, is still a, a foundational principle is that this is not a watering down of religion either. We're not all the same. Jews and Christians and Muslims are not all the same. And we should lift that up. Um, we shouldn't water that down into these vague general generalities. And so I think we're going to get into all of that. Nice. And it's one of the reasons I like to doing that interfaith community with you is because I didn't expect you to not be you and talk about God the way you do. And you didn't force me to either. But we were both we were both gentle and respectful. I, I still remember that one time we had that interfaith Thanksgiving service and somebody got up there and uh, you and I had like, I don't know, there were 80 clergy that we were working with and probably 30 of them were involved in that one worship service. But a guy gets up there and prays in the only name that matters. You know, and you you looked over your shoulder at me like, what is he doing? And I was like, I <laughs> and honestly, know. I think at this point, I think that stuff bothers you more than me. Not oh, to say that terrible. it doesn't bother me. But. I'm so offended on your behalf, <laughs> and I'm just angry that they that they do that because they don't have to do that, but they do it to be like it's this weird crowbar that they're sticking under a friend, and and they don't. That's not the Jesus way. Jesus didn't walk around crowbarring people. Um, yeah. The only people he crowbarred were the other religious leaders who were doing that. Uh, <laughs> so when they do that, I'm like, no, you're not getting it. You're not even close. Oh. Well, I've, I, I think it's, it's hard enough to be a, a clergy of a healthy congregation, which I think um, both of us are blessed in that regard. Um, we could talk about that later also. Um, but, you know, adding interfaith relations to that, I mean, it, 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 even, even the most well-meaning of us uh, mess up sometimes. And I, I've messed up and we, and, you know, I yeah. can talk about that. And, you know, it yes. takes, it takes actual work, just like, you know, being an anti-racist. It's not about just having good feelings. It's about reading and learning and talking to people. And it takes work. And that means time. And so yeah, it's all about commitment and, and priorities. At a, at a previous congregation where I served, we had a Wednesday night children's program and we had a three week series on the Abrahamic faiths. And so one Wednesday night, the kids kind of learned about Abraham. And then the next three weeks, I guess it was four weeks, the next three weeks, they learned about the ways that the Abrahamic tradition birthed three different faiths. And we spent time with our kids teaching them about the three different faiths. Um, it, but that was a, 
you know, that was a tough conversation. Even inside my own congregation, it was a tough one. It got easier when you and I and the um, imam stayed together. That was fine because we were all religious professionals. Right. But it was harder with the I, um, with those who aren't. I wonder sometimes if the things that we talk about are easy for us to talk about because both of us are you know, members and clergy of liberal denominations within our religions. Hmm. You know, so the values we hold are, and I don't mean this in terms of, you know, this is a few weeks after the election. So when I use the word liberal, I do not mean, you know, Democrat, but we have liberal religious values, um, which make us want to talk to each other and do a podcast together and talk about, you know, how uh, Muslim theology may interact with ours and things like that. Like that is a liberal value. It's certainly one I hold very dear, um, but I, I want, you know, sometimes there's a self-selecting there, I think. It, yes, I think that's right. For me, instead of liberal, I might reclaim the term evangelical for me um, because the, the good news, the way I hear it, that's a Christian term, right? The good news. And it gets abused in our culture a lot by evangelical Christians. Well, a Christian who likes the good news, the euangelion, is one who believes that God is bringing God's good community for all God's creatures. And God's going to do that. And it's a gracious thing. It's a forgiveness thing. It's a mercy thing. It's a gift. There's a lot of Christians who, one, don't think God's doing it for everybody. Two, think that they have to be the ones to do something in order to get it. They have to believe something in order to get access to that. But that's not good news. That's kind of bad news. Right? <laughs> <laughs> it's only coming to some people and only those people who believe the right things or did the right things. When right. it's good news, it's landing on everybody in this beautiful new way. And it's going to change us all. It's going to heal us all. It's going to bring us forward. Um, that, to me, is the evangelical good news the, and the liberation, the liberal theology of that, the freedom of that. Um, that it gives me means I'm not worried about you. I'm not worried about my Muslim brothers and sisters. I don't have to make you believe the right thing that matches my belief so that you can be saved by God. God's going to save you because God loves you and wants to. God's going to save them because God loves them and wants to. And they're not my, I don't have to do that. And they don't have to do that. God right, doesn't need to that. own it. Yeah. So you and I get to be brothers and sisters all the way to the end and see what God's doing. And, and the way I read both the Old Testament and the New Testament is God is just freakishly, ridiculously um, steadfast in God's love for us and ridiculously forgiving of our 40 years in the de desert <laughs> making idols or nailing, you know, a, a, a poor young fella to a cross. Um, God and, just keeps on forgiving us. Yeah. I mean, there's so much there. I mean, one of the things that's powerful, powerful for me with regard to theology is how it's changed due to circumstance, like to due to how people were living at the time and people's theology changed. And, uh, I'm also reminded too of the, I mean, it's a little bit of a gross analogy. You've heard this before that, you know, Christianity is a religion of creed and Judaism is a religion of deed. It's not that simple. 
Um, but one of the things that that I love about Judaism is it almost doesn't matter what you believe. And you know, people people all the time talk about athe- how could there be atheist Jews? And there's atheist Jews in my congregation. There's a- atheist Jews who come every single week to services. Because for them, and I would argue for Judaism, it's not about what sort of belief, what sort of God you believe in. It's what sort of holy acts are you doing? And the Venn diagram of those two things are not one and the same. There's an overlap, but they are not one and the same. And so that's what I hear when you talk about God's kingdom. I think holy acts, in Hebrew, we call those mitzvot. We have 613 of them that were prescribed in the Torah, all sorts, you know, varying categories. Um, certainly. But uh, yeah, that that uh, distinction between, and we've already talked about this, but between what we believe, what our ideals are, and what our actions are, um, that to me is the, the sweet spot of, of Jewish theology and Jewish living. And I think that's the, the sweet spot of Christian theology and living as well. We, we've gotten it confused where we um, abused the text. Uh, the scriptures, our scriptures, and the Greek ones, <laughs> and translated, um, one must have faith in Christ in order to have access to that kind of life and that kind of community. But really, the, it's a usually in the Greek, it's pistis Christou, so it's a, a genitive of the Christ, which is possessive. So it's really the faithfulness, the faith of Christ, the one who ever has that kind of faith practices. The one who has that um, loyal in their faith disciplines, that person can think of themselves as okay with God, right? So it's not about just the belief of your head or heart. It's, and it is more about the practices, but even then the practices aren't going to be enough by themselves because you can never be as faithful as God, right? You can just follow along with God and trying to do the worship, the service, the giving, the learning, the growing that God does right beside us um, and, and ahead of us. So I, I look at Christianity when it's healthy as not a, a religion of belief or, or creed, but a religion of deed or practice or discipline. And I have folks in the congregation who will say, you know, I just don't believe that. And I get to say to them, that's okay, you're here, right? And there's pieces of it that if if you don't believe, that's okay. I'll carry that for you, right? Uh, in, in the meantime, because that's a part I can believe. But then there'll be this other part where I struggle to believe it on certain days. And I'll need you to carry me through that belief and help me keep doing the practices, even if Absolutely. I struggle to believe. Can you just get an Xbox now? Then all will be good. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm working on it. <laughs> I need a better chair in this room. I'm always like adjusting. What, yes. what sort of chair do you have? A sucky one. Thank you for joining us on the Real Religion Podcast today, where a rabbi and a reverend walk into a podcast and talk real about religion. I'm Reverend Joel Talbert, and on behalf of Rabbi Eric Linder and all the Real Religion fans out there, we thank you for being with us today invite you to send us any feedback or suggestions or topic ideas to religionpodcast at gmail.com. Until next time, keep it real.